All right, and welcome to this week's Yawa, where we cover some cool details and info about what's going on here at Standing Stone, as well as do our best to answer a few of your questions. Now, today, we have some really, really cool news, and this is something that everybody is probably having some anticipation around. A name. Like 433 people, I think, are anticipating a name. Because that's how many comments we got on that video, which has only been up a few days, which is awesome. 433 comments is insane. Wait, 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 wait. Where's my coffee? (laughs) I I literally thought you had already grabbed that. Yeah. Got it. So... Thank you to everybody that watched our video on help us come up with a name for our new Black Lab puppy. There were a ton of you that watched and a ton of you that commented. So we appreciate that. And I do want to say some of y'all are freaking hilarious. Some of y'all are awesome. And some of y'all need to work a little bit on your dog naming skills. (laughs) But we're not going to read through all of the dog names because, like I said, there's like 433 comments, but there were some good ones that I just have to share in case you didn't read through all 433 and you missed some. This one says, from Carlos Lopez, Gotham, when he needs help in the middle of the night, your wife can say, Gotham needs you. (laughs) Always be yourself. Unless you can be Batman, then always be Batman. Ah, if only I could be Batman. So the next one was from Pepper Palooza. Okay. Our dog's name is Whiskey. I dig the the YouTube name. Yeah. Our dog's name is Whiskey. Feel free to use it. Or Bullet, spelled B-U-L-L-E-I-T. Like the bourbon? Yeah, you can use the traditional spelling. Or if you don't want to name him after the bourbon, you can use the traditional spelling. Um, You could always name him after the grandfather of bourbon industry, Booker. Booker. Then when he does something bad, you could use his full name. Booker, no. Booker, no. Booker, no. Uh, Another person, Michael Loomis, said whiskey or bourbon. I I Mm. was definitely feeling a theme here. We got a lot of bourbon requests. It was uh, one that popped up pretty regularly. Yeah, I wonder um, if that's because people are just watching you have bourbon on all these (laughs) yawas. And to be completely honest, it did cross my mind even before y'all started suggesting things, but Kat kind of ixnayed that one real fast. She's like, can you imagine being out there yelling, bourbon? And what do you shorten it to, burb? No. I'm sorry. Burb. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So another person had said Danica, Noel, Delos Race, mm-hmm. Weller, Jameson, or Hayden. Ooh. So like I said, there was definitely- Weller. Weller would be a good one. That wouldn't have been a bad one. Yeah, Weller, that, Weller, That's Weller, not Weller, Weller. bad. That might be a, we might steal that one for a, a short hair puppy name sometime. I like it. Um, somebody said, Cassandra Harvey said, Bear actually spent a lot of my childhood in central New York, about an hour away from where you guys- this guy came from. Oh, really? Lots of black bears in that country, and you see lots of babies. He looks just like a little black bear. And he sounds <laughs> like one, too, in the video at three minutes and 50 seconds. Laugh wait, out wait, loud. wait, 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 wait. Super There's cute. There's lots of black bears in central New York? Well, we didn't see any, and I'm okay with that. I want to see I suppose a black, bear. black bears, though, aren't like grizzly bears, so they're not quite as scary. They only weigh like what three four hundred pounds instead of a thousand. There's a that's a big difference. It is, but I still think three four hundred pounds would, would would beep me up. Let's yeah, go with that. Yeah. I'll save you the time, Mister Editor. Uh, Steve C. 
is definitely a Star Wars fan. Okay. Vader, Ooh, the supreme Vader. commander of the Imperial forces, <sighs> Dark Lord of the Sith. Luke. This one was interesting. I am your father. Yes. Christopher <laughs> Haining. It's horrible. How about asterisk? Meaning little black star. Very literal, and I liked it. I thought that was really cool. I think it's very fitting. Looking forward to more videos. And I actually might steal that name for an upcoming short hair puppy. It sounds like a, a girl a, name. A I like it for a female, female name. name. Yeah, so yeah. I really like it. It's and, hard to say, though. And you probably don't want to shorten it to... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But I like the name. We might come up with a way to use it. So uh, um, I had a phone call from a little old lady this morning. And I say little old lady because that's what she described herself as. Um, she said, I'm just a little old lady and I struggle with technology. Uh, but she said, I have a name for you. And she wanted to, she said, what, what was it now? It'll come to me. It was some type of uh, of rock. It was something type of rock. Lint? Mm, no. Darn it. Shale? Nah. It was good, too. That's, unfortunately, if she could have typed it out and commented on the video. I'd say my broken memory wouldn't be here. Um, Well, if you come up with it, throw it out there. Yep. This one was really funny, though, from It's Just Peaches. Lone ducks, duck, duck, goose, and call him goose. (laughs) That's funny. I thought that was really funny. Uh, Taggart Jenkins said, yo, name him Jep, Jep the duck, duck dog, just like you guys have Cat the dog trainer and the guy with the pink gun. I like that. I like that. This was a really cool idea and name as well, because Andrew Dunlap said, it's a pup out of Memphis, so name him Nashville, Nash for short. And that is a great uh, idea, but his mom actually wasn't Memphis. His mom was Sam, um, but it's a really cool idea and play off of how to use mom and puppy name all in one. Uh, this one also uh, was a Batman theme, so I thought I'd throw it out there for you, okay. Mr. Batman, from K. Grant McCown. Lone Duck Outfitters Dark Knight, and call him Knight. Goodness, I'm, I feel so bad, I cannot remember what that name was. Uh, and then you're put on the spot. Yeah. These were really cute too. Paul Ludwilowski. Generally don't recommend dog names for people, but I'm going to make an exception. Two okay. suggestions. One bourbon, which uh-huh. we already talked about why we couldn't do that. Uh-huh. And you have thunder. How about a lightning? So that was another good idea. Uh, yeah, that's a fantastic idea. This one, which itty bitty mama, name suggestion, rooster. If you're a John Wayne fan, you'll know, which Rooster Cogburn, I know, I love John Wayne. Uh, But there is one problem with calling your dog's name Rooster while you're out in the field hunting for pheasants. Yeah, especially when you're hunting for pheasants. You start hollering Rooster and then everybody starts looking around going, where Where to shoot. Yeah. It gets gets annoying after a while. Um, We actually had a dog, Rooster, which it's it's a cool sounding name, uh, but it's it's got those hidden things underneath that you go, maybe not the greatest. I hadn't idea. thought about that ahead of time. Exactly. Uh, Sarah Lucas said Angus because he looks like a mini black Angus cow. Mm. I also really like the name Bourbon. <laughs> yes, Bourbon. So, Bourbon I, was a see, huge. That theme. was that was my that was my original suggestion. It just um, Burb for short. Yeah. It just doesn't have a good ring to it. it does not. Burb. 
I think maybe, maybe better yet, for any of you watch, uh, you guys know that I enjoy uh, pigeons from a, a hobby standpoint. Maybe I could name a pigeon bourbon. That would be a yeah. fantastic name. I can totally see a pigeon out there pecking, pecking grain. Burb, burb, burb. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that makes know. more sense you to me. You don't really have to talk to him, so you don't really need to even shorten it. You know, it's just like bourbon. Look, that's my pigeon bourbon. Why do you call him bourbon? Uh, it's because it's what I decided to refer to him as. So I could say <laughs> something other than band number 6757 or whatever his number is. So we digress, though. Those were some really great name suggestions. I definitely couldn't read through them all here in our short amount of time that we have with you guys. But thank you for following along with our videos. And thank you for commenting your suggestions. So if you don't subscribe, hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications and follow along because this is how you get to find out what his new name is. Yeah. The uh, other side of it is with his series, we're going to be trying to fill in the gaps. We talked a little bit about this, but we will be showing real training sessions, but more in a sense of kind of those in-between steps that a lot of people ask about. Like, yeah, I get, he knows how to sit. We've watched five series now that you've put together and the dogs pretty much all learn that the same and, and kennel and recall and all of these things get taught the same, but I'm struggling with when my clicker training session goes really well here, but they don't listen the rest of the day. So we can, um, we're going to try and incorporate more of those type of training scenarios into his series, as well as into Thunder's series, as well as into Zephyr's series. We have lots of puppies with completely different personalities. So we have the opportunity to incorporate multiple different facets there. And then on top of all of that, when we get into the advanced stuff, and guys, I'm talking, this is like a 10, 12 months down the road. You guys have to be really committed. Yeah. So subscribe, turn on notifications. <laughs> 10, 10, 12 months from now, we will be moving into more of his advanced work. And when we get to that point, I'm going to be getting a fair amount of help from uh, Bob at Lone Duck there. And I will do a majority of that through watching videos on his channel. He's going to be putting together training videos showing how he teaches these things from and, and taking a very similar approach to what we do with a, uh, you know, almost one shot teaching video where you've got a dog that doesn't know how to do something and we're going to show them. So you get to see the failures, you get to see the successes and you get to see that um, light bulb or that light switch click in that dog's head and, and see them kind of turn those wheels in the direction of doing what they're supposed to. And That'll be a big part of what I'm using and we'll refer you to the videos as well as show you step-by-step step when we get to that advanced section, step-by-step step what we're doing to uh, help them progress. Yeah, because we haven't done the advanced stuff in a series yet. So you need all the parts and all the pieces for that part and definitely watching videos that are set up similarly to how we're doing videos so that we can actually learn something. That's the big thing. Watching a finished dog just roll through the steps, you don't necessarily learn how to work through when they struggle. And believe me, we're going to be those newbies that are learning how to work through some of these drills and some of these things. And having that resource is going to be a really good benefit. Absolutely. So are we announcing little black lab male puppy's name today or are we waiting for his first or his next, his next video? My plan was to announce it today, but then you were all like, eh, we're going to, you got no, to tag along to the next No, we need to announce it today. That was my plan. 
Oh, well, we're on the same page. <laughs> okay, so uh, we read through all the names. We got a lot of great suggestions, some funny ones, some good suggestions that were maybe not quite so good for the dog name category of things. Um, and I think we have decided to name him Clutch. Fido. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was good, honey. Um, Clutch. We're going to name the little guy Clutch. And I do not have a registered name yet. We'll come up with that very soon. Uh, if you guys want to throw some suggestions down there, it has to start Lone Ducks and then something that kind of has to do or does not have to do with Clutch. And we don't mean like the little lady purse clutch. Well, I guess it has multiple meanings. <laughs> We're talking like clutch in the moment he came through or whatever, you know, yeah. just definition. And it's easy to yell, basically. That's my go-to. <laughs> and you can be forceful with it. Mm-hmm. Great. So now that we've talked about our little lab, lab puppy, I want to answer a question about a lab puppy. I like it. Let's go. From Chris Keegan, which this is also really cool because... Him. His dog's in for training right now. Nice. I have a pointing lab currently in professional training who you have met. Laugh out loud. She will be going through formal woe training. So my question is, hunting groups generally consist of guys with flushing labs. Mm -hmm. Some have some formal training. Some are trained by the average Joe. Is my pointing lab going to learn bad habits or flushing habits and lose her steadiness by hunting with these other dogs? Should I do my own thing or stick to hunting with other pointers only? This is a really good question. and It, it is a good question. And it's something that we, we like to talk about, not only for your pointing lab, which she's doing a great job, but also with young pointing dogs, their first season. It puts a lot of pressure on those puppies' steadiness if they get to watch other dogs flushing the birds that they just found and are pointing in front of them. Can it be done? Sure. But we usually wait until the puppies are older, have had a season of birds to really solidify that steadiness before we start asking them to work with flushers as well. Yes. So uh, ultimately, do you need to do your own thing? Uh, it might be beneficial in the beginning, especially until you feel comfortable. But then at the same time, you're going to need to be able to see what's going on so that you can help handle. Can she learn how to do it? Absolutely. And the other side of it too is... Um, you could definitely hunt her with other pointers because they're going to be exhibiting the steadiness and the woeing and the behaviors that, you know, Riley's going to be having. So definitely working with pointers, a-okay. Working with flushing dogs, whether they're labs or little cockers or any other flushing breeds is going to definitely be more difficult and probably something that we recommend either later in this season or her next season after she's been able to really hone in on those steadiness behaviors that we've been working really hard on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So even, uh, long story short, whether you have your pointing lab or any pointing dog to begin with, it's going to be difficult in that first season and you need to be prepared for that. Really good question. Next question from Lacey Burnett. What size of crate do you recommend for a new GSP puppy? We're getting an eight week old GSP in September, but this will be the first time we're getting a large breed dog as a puppy. So any advice would be very helpful. This is the part that I really like. 
Should we look for one he can grow into, or should we be getting multiple until he's full grown? Love your channel, and thanks for all the great content. So thank you for following along. Uh, thanks for the great question. And this is one that we've talked about a little bit in some of our other videos. But it's a good one to touch on. I mean, it's something yeah. that a lot of people have questions about. And a lot of people make the wrong decision in trying to figure it out on their own. Yeah, and... It would seem, well, let's just get a crate that they're going to grow into. That makes the most sense. It is the logical answer for we can buy one, buy the good one, buy the right size, one and done, and it's a the higher dollar rock and roll for life dog crate. But we have to think of these puppies as developing in stages. So we're going to really struggle with crate training and potty training in the beginning. That's going to be one of your main struggles is working on house training, crate training, potty training. And if your puppy has a giant crate, they're going to feel more comfortable having an accident in one end of the crate and hanging out and playing and chewing on bones and whatever on the other end of the crate. So getting a smaller crate that fits your eight-week-old puppy till about 12 weeks old. And then if you want, even uh, especially if you're still maybe having some potty accidents here or there, next size up for... 12 weeks, 16 weeks to maybe six months. And then the next size up that is going to be like the life size crate. Yeah. That's what we usually go is small, medium, full size. Yes. For our puppy stages. Um, you don't have to get the super expensive crate. That's going to be, you know, lifetime when your puppy's only going to be in it until they're 12 weeks old for a month, there's no need to invest that kind of money in a crate that's going to only be necessary for a month, maybe a little over that because they're going to outgrow them. And most people don't raise puppies constantly, consistently, crazily like we do. So they aren't going to need that crate again for a while. Um, and then once you get to the size that they're going to need as an adult, that's when you invest in a really well-made, strong, sturdy, crash-tested even crate. Um, I know Lucky Duck crates are really great crates as far as crash test ratings. Um, and that would be a crate and a size that we'd recommend when your dog is more of that full-grown stage. Starting out, I usually throw out the dimensions of about 22 inches deep by about 16 to 18 inches tall, 16, 18 inches wide. So it's not very big, just enough room for your puppy to go in, turn around, lay down. You okay. think the average eight-week-old puppy is going to be somewhere in the vicinity of 10 pounds. Yes. And then once they, again, outgrow that a little bit bigger, um, still so that they can stand up and turn around and lay down comfortably, um, but not so much room that they, again, can have accidents easily in that space. Yep. And then the medium... I mean, it's typically considered a medium crate, but you're going to be in that 20 to 30 pound range. So a lot of those crates are going to have a, a weight type of restriction or recommendation, if you will, on the label. That's going to give you a ballpark to that 10 to 15 pound range and then a 30-ish pound range. That's going to be typically your medium size, give or take. Yes. And since you're going to be getting a puppy very soon in September and you're already asking the questions about how to start out properly... Definitely check out some of our playlists as well as we just put out very recently tips and tricks for crate training because that's going to be huge for your puppy's first, you know, day home even, first week's home. Start watching those and then fill in on one of our puppy GSP series. We've got Rogues, we've got Quest series, we've got a really old series with Mac, but all of those things are great things that you can follow along with with your new puppy when they come home. 
Absolutely. Guys, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with you in just a minute. All right, and welcome back to part two of this week's Yawa, where we're going to talk about some cool stuff and then get into answering a few questions for you. Now, today we have something that um, Kat and I have been working on for a very long time, and this has been more of a thought process, an idea, a want to be able to do, and we kind of got a little bit of a push, push, nudge, nudge. Boost bump. Yeah, donation. Hurry up and hurry, donation. Hurry up and do this. Um, and we want to say thank you, first of all, uh, James. We appreciate uh, you and your family. They had their dog here for training and said we really loved the experience that we got here at Standing Stone, and we want to be able to offer that in some other way via a scholarship type donation for somebody, something. And uh, originally, it kind of talked about maybe the potential of a dog, and then we thought together that a youth event which is where we had originally had ideas about and just didn't know exactly when or how to implement this and this was the nudge that we needed to say this is the start of that absolutely so our goal and this has got a lot of pieces that need to be uh, to be clicked into place here a lot of details to work out still but we're excited and so because we're excited we can't hold it in so we have to at least start by talking about it. Essentially, the idea behind this is for starting smaller. I mean, all of this stuff takes time and money and we want to try it out small and see if we can make it any bigger. But there has been a huge push, huge push towards people becoming dog trainers. Um, Even, I would say, 10, 12 years ago, it wasn't really even much of a thing. It was kind of like you were doing something else and you ended up retiring and became a dog trainer. I would say that's a majority, not all, but a majority of the way that people became professional, quote unquote, um, dog trainers in uh, a while ago. But it's become more popular. Social media things have changed. I think Kat and I have played some role into that, that people look at it and go, wow, I would love to do what you guys do because I love dogs. I love hunting. I love hunting dogs. I love all of these things. And it makes it look like that it could be a profession. So our idea behind the process is, um, you know, more or less a, an event. So you want to be a dog trainer, um, and for youth, for youth. Yep. This is going to be, uh, you're going to have to apply. We will go through the applications and we'll be able to pick somebody that gets sponsored essentially to firsthand view working with us, what it's like to train dogs and, um, you know, and a whole lot more and get to handle and do a lot of things. Like we said, there's a lot of details, a lot of details that still have to be worked out, um, and figure out how to make this beginning seed of an idea grow into this entire scholarship program that we want to do, um, with the help of people like James and his family. And so if you guys are interested in getting involved with this, let us know. We, like I said, this is just the beginning and we're going to have to make a lot more decisions and a lot more plans and definitely could utilize more people like James and his family that want to get involved. So, and I know that he had mentioned that he wanted it to be, uh, essentially in Cody's honor, as far as the um, the gift itself goes, but, and not in Cody's honor, 
Yeah. I just came and spill coffee. Got it. Uh, picked up Cody here and they left us and he said, you guys need to open this together and we thought... Uh, uh, me, me, me. Okay. You got that side, I got the side. So this is from James and his family as well. Come on, you're well. supposed to open the card uh, Come on now. Okay. So for all of you that might just be listening right now and you want to see what's going on... Bebop check. over to the YouTube video. Yeah, because this is also a podcast. So if you're listening... And you want to see what we're doing. And if you didn't know it was a podcast, you should check us out on any place you listen to podcasts. If you want to catch up while you're on the road, there's a lot of these great episodes. And you can listen to them, not just watch them. That's right. So to all of Standing Stone, thanks for taking care of Cody and teaching her and us how to work together. We look forward to many adventures. The Schick family. Awesome. Uh, Also, just to throw this out there. The questions that we're answering in this video are all coming primarily from comments on YouTube videos. So if you are watching this and go, I would really love to get a question answered, uh, you should, we don't have a knife, do we? (laughs) What kind of a man doesn't have a pocket knife? Ouch. Sorry. The kind of a man that loses every pocket knife he has because he puts them in his pocket and they fall out. Yeah, that's one of the last anniversary gifts that you got. It was a really nice pocket knife that yes, is that no longer. Yes, that I replaced four times before I let her know that I lost the first one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now we should be able to get into it. Okay. America. Well, there is a sticker on there. Mm-hmm. Proudly made in the USA. Oh, cool. It's a short hair key oh, chain. Oh, that's cool. Or, yeah, keychain holder, key holder. Five little holder spots. This will look awesome in the kennel. This is going to be awesome because I was actually just talking about this. So we're working on finishing up the new kennel. Don't lose those screws. And we have locker spaces for all of the employees now to have extra change of boots, shoes, whatever they need, an extra pair of clothes, um, some snacks, whatever they want to keep and whatever they want to keep locked up. So we have spaces for that. I also know that losing keys happens. So there is a spare key as well as their key. And I need a place to keep the spare key so that I don't lose it. And that will be a perfect place for it. Yeah, that'll be absolutely perfect. Cool. I'm excited. We have, ooh, this is uh, bourbon. And we have uh, Pine Bluffs Distillery. It says Lodgepole Creek Bourbon Whiskey. It's 90 proof. I need to look at it because I thought he, James was telling me a story about it, about something with it's a the wi- purchases. It's a Wyoming uh, made. It says from soil to spirit, Wyoming made. Batch yeah. three. So he was saying, and he might have to remind me, but that every bottle goes towards some of the profit goes towards something. He was telling me that. So he said, even if it's not great bourbon, at least it went to a good cause. I, th- I think what he said was they're friends or acquaintances of his. So that was going Maybe. to a good cause. Maybe. It was something. There was a story there. Um, it's a little early because we're actually shooting this Yawa in the morning. So probably not going to crack We're going to hold right off now. on the old uh, Lodgepole Creek, but thank you very much. I want to open this and see what these glasses are. Ooh. What? 
They have short hairs in gray and um, etched, embossed, yeah, yeah. Etched. etched. There we etched, go. Etched. Awesome. Sweet. And I got Check one and Ethan got out. one. That is This really is a cool. perfect size glass too. It's nice. It's just simple. Yeah, Fits I like in it. Your hand. And I like the I like the dog. I like it a lot. Thank you so much. We will definitely be enjoying these. I may not be enjoying bourbon in mine, but there are lots of other cocktails that I like to drink. You might as well enjoy bourbon in it. Might as well. Ah, who are we kidding? You don't like bourbon. No. No, I don't. Thank you. Thank but you very much. We definitely appreciate the glasses. Ethan appreciates the bourbon, and I really think this is going to look cool in the new kennel. So, speaking of James, he asked a question. So, really? I want to I answer it. Yeah, because this, I think, is a question that probably a lot of people have because, like we've talked about, um, we actually put out a fair amount of content. Would you mm-hmm. say a fair amount? Mm-hmm. And uh, like a video a day. We were a little slow here the last couple of days because there was this huge power outage and our video editor had no internet to get videos uploaded onto the interwebs. So there was a couple of days lag and so we're getting back into it. Um, but from James, any chance of cataloging your content in a more searchable format? Not a tech guy at all. So not sure if it's even possible or worth the time. Playlists are awesome, and I love the vastness of the info, but like drinking from a fire hydrant sometimes. Just my two cents. So like I said, we put a lot of content out there, and I think that people sometimes get a little overwhelmed with uh, Ah. how many videos. From the first episode we talked about, and I said that there was a lady that called, and she had a name for the little black lab puppy, and I completely spaced what it was, and I wanted to say I remembered. She recommended... Naming him Micah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And there's apparently a, a black Micah, and Micah has a lot of value as far as medical uses and some other things to that extent. So, and uh, anyhow, so thank you for that recommendation. Poof, there it is in my head, and I had to it out there before I forgot again. And if you want to hear some of the other really funny comments and name suggestions, check out part one. We talked about that as well as we introduced the name of our new lab puppy, so... In part one of this week. In part one of this week. So, to answer <laughs> the question, James, we have um, a couple things that I can I can say. First of all, if you're looking for something specifically, if you and I tried this beforehand here, if you search Standing Stone Kennels and then pick a topic, whether that be crate training or pigeons or... Nail trimming. Nail trimming or healing. Potty training. Or potty training, yeah. Any, Low training. Any of the things that you retrieving. are hoping. Water we throw, <laughs> yeah, All the things that you're thinking. Um, we throw in a lot of tags as well. So more than just what's in the title itself is actually attached to the video. But um, so I did this. I did uh, standing stone kennels crate training. All that comes up for me here is a crate training video that we put out and another crate training video and another and another, and another. And, and that's even one of training. our new ones, the seven tips. Yep, on this one training. is just the, is one of the newer ones, yep. And then another one, potty training. And, and it then, pulls them from a bunch of different playlists, yes, too. Yes, so all the playlists are included. Every video that we have is there. And then the that's the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight videos that came up, which is probably the equivalent of what we... Uh, nine. Nah, well, I mean, it's the base, okay, it's that the is beginning. the video. It did throw in mine through another channel in here, which is uh, Stony Dennis. 
And that guy has got some really cool content out there, but yeah. And then these are like similar ish, but we've moved on and now we're into a couple of our other videos that are not really related. And then some other people's videos that talk about potty training and crate training. But so the first like eight or nine videos are all ours. Yes. So if you're looking for our videos to get through that, um, searching standing stone kennels and then whatever topic you're looking for, that's going to help you pull up, uh, you know, more of a priority list of all of those across all of the, um, playlists, playlists and everything. So Give that a try. If anybody else knows a better way to go about doing that, uh, definitely throw it in the comments below. And uh, for anybody that is just tuning into our channel here for the first time, definitely hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. So that was a good question because it was a question that I actually had of my own at times. I'm like, how, how do, do I, I even these find these videos, videos again after we've people? after we filmed them? Yes, it, it can sometimes be daunting, like drinking from a fire hydrant, if you will. A lot of times I just get in the list, I start scrolling, 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 scrolling. I was like, it wasn't that long ago, was it? Scrolling, scrolling. Apparently scrolling, it scrolling, was. Scrolling. So good yes. question. Um what else we got? This is a really good question from Aaron Mumblu. Okay. I'm glad you guys mentioned finding the right trainer. He's referring to mm. the Yawa video that he's responding to um, because that's how we're a- asking for our questions now is comments on the Yawa videos from YouTube. I'm able to go through, pull the questions right from there. So let's say you have a subscriber <coughs> who has decided in the future they would like to send their dog to you for training. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's referring to himself. Maybe. What's the process someone has to take to make that happen? And I thought this was a good question because I don't know if we've actually talked about it. We talk about picking the right breeder, picking the right trainer, but I don't think we've really ever talked about what the process is of getting your dog to us for training and what that process looks like. Well, the biggest thing that you need to do is it's simple. First of all, um, give us a call or shoot us an email to start that conversation. Most of the things we do via phone call though Um, I think that there's a, it's a lot easier way to communicate than back and forth and back and forth emails. If you're to that point of ready to make a decision on something. Yeah. The next thing is we'll go over your goals. And as long as it fits into what we have the ability to do, I mean, if you call me and say, we need our dog to become search and rescue dog, not me. Um, I think that stuff's interesting, but we're not set up to do that. We're primarily you know, obedience dogs and, and family companion slash hunting dogs and serious hunting dogs. And then we do some testing. Yep. And we'd love to get a little more into like the adventure dog stuff. We've really recently talked about getting Mm -hmm. a little more involved in some of that. Like Ethan has said how much he wants to go skydiving with one of our dogs. I'm just kidding. That would be like my biggest (laughs) fear in the whole, not biggest fear in the whole world. I mean, I could do it, but I would not go out of my way. I don't know if I literally could do it. They would have to push me out of the plane. They would. They, they don't give you an option. And that I knowing going up there, I would be like, uh, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. And I would just. Like, I wouldn't get on the plane to begin I with. I would just. Bear, if, I, if, if I had to do it to save. If you had to do it to save my life, you would. Well, okay. Yeah. But we're talking about doing this as an adventure, as, okay. as a hobby, yep. as something we look forward to yep, doing. Yep, 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 yep. But there are a lot Adventures, of. Adventures? No, not for me. Adventure mm-hmm. type of recreational things that we want to start trying to do with some of our dogs. Um, we take them to the lake a lot, but there's a lot more that we can do with them. And so we've talked about getting a little more involved in that training aspect side of things. Too. What about climb joring? You actually hook a dog to you and climb the side of a mountain. I don't know if I could physically do that either. Some of our dogs get pretty big. <laughs> I just made that up. Oh, 
Ha. Ah. But, so. I just first, had this picture in my mind of like a billy goat on the side of the hill. Yeah. Because I saw that the other day that like goats, big goats, Nubians would be a big goat, right? Yeah. Um, they make the best pack animals because they're all nimbly bimbly and they don't need to be led because they just want to follow you. Ah. So. See, just, this is, we need goats, honey. Yeah. If we lived in the mountains, absolutely. Hmm. Kansas is kind of like the mountains. <laughs> I really want goats, except I want cute little Nigerian dwarf goats, which we used to have back when we lived in Northwest Kansas in Norton. And I really think that we should get more because Aiden would really like them. So and I would really like if them. you think cats should get goats and you're willing to come live here in our extra bedroom and take care of them, put it in the comments below. <laughs> cats hiring. <laughs> okay. And by get- hiring, I mean... You will pay rent and take care of the goats. (laughs) That's not what I mean. But um, let's get back to the question about what it looks like to send a dog. First, you have a conversation with us. Talk to about. Goodness, that's what we digress from. where we started. Um, Talking to us about what your goals are and if that's in our wheelhouse of things that we train for, then we can talk about um, amount of time that we recommend. We recommend a minimum of two months of training for obedience only training. For anything else that's involved with hunting, three months minimum is really kind of our go-to. We've tried a little bit less than that. And I just, Ethan and I are pretty particular. We want the dogs that go home to be ready to go home. And if you start telling people, oh, two to three months of training, they want that low end. And very few dogs can accomplish everyone's goals in that two month mark and be proficient enough at them that their owners are comfortable handling them. Because let's face it, you guys aren't professional dog trainers, probably not even professional dog handlers. Otherwise you wouldn't be sending your dog off to us for training. So you want them to be coming home more conditioned, more of a default, more automatic. And yes, I still want you to feel comfortable handling them, know how to use the collar, know how to use the cues that we've shown them and taught them during training. But ultimately I don't want them pushing the envelope for you constantly and being hard to handle for you at home. Yeah, and that end goal time uh, kind of depends on your dog because every dog is different and learns at a different rate. And, and the, has different personalities. And has different personalities. But then the other side of it just depends on your expectations. You know, if you're looking for the, I don't want to say run of the mill in a bad way, but the run of the mill, like they're going to do all of the obedience things in our mind. This is, they're going to be doing all of the obedience things, which is hear, heal, woe, kennel, not woe if it's a Labrador of any type. We would be working on sits or sit stays. And then as far as the field work would go, flushing or pointing, um, running with multiple dogs, handling out there, uh, retrieving naturally. If you're looking for more than that, or if we have a non-existent natural retrieve, we can work through some things with that. But that's going to increase the amount of time because that's looking at doing an entire formal retrieve process, which you can follow along with legend series on how we're going through that process with him. And that for most dogs is a six to eight week process in and of itself where we're not working on any other retrieving. We might be working on a little bit other obedience, but we're also not in the field anymore. So that's standalone training that adds on to that, you know, average of three months of training. And then uh, the biggest thing after that is we give you a time estimate for drop off. And it is a uh, kind of like a floating time window because 
Our program is 100% designed around catering to each individual dog, as well as you all. Um, you guys are busy, you have busy lives, and we understand that set dates and whatever, you know, need to happen, but that changes based on when your dog's ready and when you have availability. So all of that has to be fluid. And we, when we get close to the next month, we start scheduling things out and try and plan around pickups and drop-offs and everything else. But we can say, hey, like right now, we are currently taking deposits for training spots in February. So if you're interested in getting your dog in for training, it's not going to happen this hunting season. You missed the boat. Yes. We don't have space, but if you want to take your dog hunting and then bring them And this back. video, so that everybody knows, is uh, 2020, if you didn't look at the date here, we're... Yes. Okay. So August. in three years from now, when somebody watches this in April, yeah, we're not taking deposits for February, but... August of 2020, we're taking deposits for February of 2021. Right now. Right yep. now. Um, and that changes, but... That means in January, when I'm starting to square away when dogs are going home that are in for training currently, which those dogs aren't even here for training yet, most of them, Mm -hmm. then I can start saying, okay, we're going to have availability for your dog to be dropped off anytime after this date. And then you can make it work with your schedule on that February timeframe. Yep. So that's pretty much what it looks like. And then we do take a deposit to hold a training spot. That's it. That's it. Pretty easy peasy. So we'd love to work with you. We'd love to work with your dogs. So give us a call and we'll get something set up. Awesome. That's all we have time for in part two. Give us a moment and we'll be right back. And welcome to part three of this week's Yawa. We have uh, some really cool things to talk about and some not so cool things to talk about. Number one, I had a insert like uh, gray over teary glass water. Tragic. I crashed my drone. Okay. While we were in New York. Yes. It was a bad deal. It was a bad deal. I crashed it into a tree. And it was not 100% my fault. That's it was what only I was going to say. 88% my fault. Okay. And 70% of statistics are made up on the spot. Yes. But I used the feature on the thing that said, go home and land where I told you to, because that's where you took off from. There's a specific thing on this. These, these, these things are designed not to crash. Okay. Uh, I have a, had <coughs> a Mavic Pro, which is an awesome little drone and so I see it. I'm, you know, standing here watching it out of the corner of my eye. As you, you can't fly them out of sight. I know all these things. I'm trying to follow all the rules, but somebody starts talking to me, and I look up and go, "Ah, oh, it's trying to land in the trees next to me." And so I go to fly it, hit the wrong button. So that's where the 88% of my fault comes in, and flew it into a tree. Boom, broken. Yes. Bad broken. Not like, oh, we'll just... Uh, no, nah, the gimbal was completely... Yeah, just trashed. No. Yeah. And I think the fall, it could have survived the fall. They're pretty durable. But the fall onto a okay. pile of rocks was... was Not ideal. Not ideal. So, um, I do want to start off by saying a cool little... Ba-da-ba-da. And we did send it in for repair. I sent it in for repair. We'll work with this. But um, we were looking at upgrading even before I broke the last one. 
And now we're upgraded. The Mavic Pro 2, which has lots of little sensors to prevent things like me running it into stuff again. So it won't let him do that. It also comes with this nifty schnifty uh, screen built in remote control. So I'm super excited about that. And we want to say thank you. Thank you to the patrons. Okay. So all of the equipment, all of the money that goes into putting together these videos, because all of this stuff, the mics, the cameras, the lights, the everything costs money. And we utilize 100% of the money that comes in through anybody that is on our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash standing stone kennels. Um, Anybody that goes there and signs up as a patron is helping to support the content by allowing us to purchase new equipment. We're going to be providing a drone debut with this new bad boy, which is supposed to have some really cool tracking features and stuff like that. In a video that we have coming up that I talk about our dogs specific to the day regiment of what they will be going through, their exercise plan leading up to my rigorous hunting fall. So, in that, we're going to be throwing some bomb.com drone shots in there, or at least mediocre at best because I'm not the, the He's best He's not going to crash the new drone. I'm going to do my best not to. Um, and all of that being said, so check out, uh, stay tuned for that. That would be the words that I want to use. Stay tuned for that in the very near future. And again, thank you patrons for all of your patronage. Yes. And we, um, just to throw out there, we are usually... Always very careful with the equipment we get. This was just one of those it was, oh shit moments. It was. And I'm going to say I that is the first. That, that is the first time that I have crashed the drone in three years of flying. Yeah. So. Oops. <sighs> Oops is right. So. And, that, and to throw one last caveat out there, the repair is coming out of my pocket, not the Patreon pocket. Okay, folks. Yeah. So um, anyway, thank you, patrons. Also, thank you guys for subscribing to our YouTube channel. If you don't subscribe, please hit the subscribe button because we love all of you and creating all this content for you guys, but only 65% of you guys subscribe. So show us some love. Thumbs up button. We are subscribe. We are just rolling up on forty thousand as of right now, and there is something that I want to talk about that's pretty exciting because we have been uh, getting yeah. we have been getting a ton of requests for years <coughs> years about the pink gun and why dot 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 is usually the way that it's what is the origin behind the pink gun? So at fifty thousand subscribers. 50,000 subscribers, but first I want to say this got brought up most recently by the fact that Pink Gun, Pink Gun, Pink Gun kept getting commented on, on our channel. On all everywhere. these different videos. Everywhere. I was like, what was is like, going on? Wait a on? second. And I start re-watching my videos going, did I ask somebody to comment Pink Gun over and over again or what? Yeah, what did we say, hey, from? throw Pink Gun in the comments if you want to hear the origin story of the Pink Gun? I'm like, I don't think so. I know that we had talked about doing that video at some point in time and sharing that story, but have we asked that? And then somebody said, Pink Gun, over from at Jordan's Harvest. So I wanted to say uh, thank you, Jordan, for all of the referrals. There's definitely people that are watching your video. 
and coming over to watch ours. So we appreciate that. And anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, Jordan's Harvest is another YouTube channel. This is a guy that's local. Him and his family run a meat market that Kat and I absolutely love. It's just down the road here. The best brats and pork chops If you are here locally, and a lot of people that do watch do come for training and everything else, it's just up the road for us. Remind us, and we will tell you how to get there so you can pick up some brats or some other fresh cut local beef and pork on your way home. Now, all of that being said, he has a ton of videos on the things that I really don't know a whole lot about. Trapping. Yeah, trapping's a big one. We've done a couple videos about trapping pigeons and some other stuff, but if you want to see the real deal, check out Jordan's Harvest at Jordan's Harvest. It's uh, another YouTube channel here. Now, 50,000 subscribers, right? Once we get to 50,000 subscribers, I will tell the origin story of the original pink gun. Anybody that's interested in that, help boost, hit the subscribe button, and tell your friends. Now, what do we got today? So, I think that the remainder of the topics are going to be unpopular opinions or uh, Ethan's Ethan's brutally brutally honest honest comments. And Kat's going to get in on it a little bit too, I think. Uh So... Um, so if you're ready for some, uh, uh, pull up, pull up a chair, grab the popcorn, and watch this go down. So th- we're gonna start easy. We're gonna start easy. Oh, good. Warm you up a little up. bit. <clears throat> so this first one make fake cracking noises is from James Murray. Hello, and, James. And I wanted to mention too, because I don't think we have yet, all of the questions that we're pulling for Yawas are coming from our YouTube channel on Yawas. So, we're doing it different than we did in the past. We pulled from other media platforms right now. The majority of people watching these videos are directly on YouTube. So we thought, who better than to get the questions from but the YouTube viewers? So, YouTube. I have been disappointed with the range of the 1450. The company said, try a lithium battery in the transmitter, which I will try. What's been your experience? So we're talking about the DT Systems Wrap 1450. Mm -hmm. And we use rechargeable lithium batteries, correct? Yep. Yep. Because we end up having to change batteries fairly regularly because we use the collars a lot. And when we're guiding, Ethan's guiding... He pushes the button a lot. And every time you push the button, it uses up some of the battery. Most people that are just generically hunting aren't pushing the button quite as often and, and overhandling the dog. Sure. That's the same when I go hunting. I mean, the transmitter more or less, all of our dogs are finished and it requires a little Oops, more handle when sorry. we're guiding. No, that's right. Sorry. Um, we can hold hands. Oh, um, but I keep a little tighter rein on everybody when, when I'm guiding. So um, I, I was totally prepared for something else and you threw that at me. I was like, okay, this is just a general question. The range is yeah. fantastic in them. They have a couple different options, one of which is the short antenna that comes stock. And this is something that I actually talked about them and they are making changes. If you need help, reach out to us. We will help you. We can get you a replacement antenna that adds one to four inches, depending on which one you get. It's usually like a two inch bump on there and that fixes all the problems. Those one inch ones were just a little bit iffy when you got into any type of interference and thicker um, cover, thicker cover, stuff like that. Any type of that interference that could come up. Um, but definitely 1450 is a solid stack unit. Um, you just need to upgrade that antenna. So, okay. So yeah, unpopular opinions. Maybe it was a little misleading. We're getting there, but also myth busting. There we go. That's what okay, I wanted to say. Sure. That that that's the word. From 
Casey Lynch. Casey Neistat. <laughs> what? He I can't watches believe our he channel? watches our channel. He doesn't. No. But Casey Lynch does. Mm. Since AKC doesn't recognize black as a GSP color, what associations are your dogs registered to? False. Black bear. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Okay. So the people that don't register, and this is going to sound even worse than the fact that AKC does, in fact, uh, recognize black as a short hair color. Um, But the GSPCA is where, which is the German Short Hair Pointer Club of America. So you get that. We are in the dark side as far as that goes. Um, but they're the ones that are not allowing the black color in the show ring. They're, they're viewing that show as a Show ring fault. only. Show ring only is where you run into issues. So. so if you have a black, solid black, black and white, black roan, German short hair pointer. black. Yeah. Any variation that has black, you can run that dog through any other AKC event. I believe I know the hunting side of things. So the hunt tests and the yes. field trials for sure, which yeah, is agility, we, all of those things. It's yeah. just the show ring itself where they're looking at those physical attributes as the primary, um, you know, physical attributes and movement and structure and that aspect of things, all physical based and not to downgrade the physical base. That is a, is a tough game in and of itself. And our dogs are not designed to fit or ready to roll with the big dogs there. I will tell you that. Um, but that would be the only place you're going to run into it is if you are at a show, they're going to not. Now you can look at the UKC aspect of things. If you are interested in confirmation and other show type events, UKC, you can do it. And they accept black. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I think that it's a common misconception that black is not allowed in AKC. And so, yes, it is just not the show ring as well as we do dual register our German short hairs, both with the AKC organization and the North American versatile hunting dog association. The NAVDAs. So not NAVDAs for all you non-pronunciationers. I think it depends on where you are in the U S is it with Northeast are they NAVDAs? Probably. NAVDAs. Long A. Eh. And I'm from, you know, Sorry, I'm bad. from I'm from North Dakota. Yeah. So I do it's those. It's the NAVDA. NAVDA. Bag, 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 bog. I don't know. NAVDA. There's a whole sentence about that. Like you go, you go to the store to put the potato in the bag and take it home. I don't sound like that. No, nice but there definitely it. are some Fargos and uh, some North Dakotas that sound a little Kotas. But the I would say Minnesota is where the Minnesota is where things get real thick. <laughs> so now that we've um, been not making fun of people's... This is not making fun. This is just how it is. And people from the South are talk slower and throw y'alls in there. I mean, you, it goes all the directions. Super twangy, yeah. And the further south you get, the the more it sounds like a different language, because it is. It's really hard to understand some people with really thick southern accents from, like, Louisiana. And then it turns into Spanish somewhere in there. <laughs> and then it is a different language. So, okay, well, if we haven't pissed anybody off yet, let's do it now. Anybody that's still watching, what do we got now? This is maybe not so much of a question but a rebuttal to one of our Yawa There's responses. a few of those. Some of them I am more than happy to 
communicate back with. You know, I mean, if you want to have a conversation with me, I'm open to doing that. I'm not a big arguer, but uh, you can ask Bob about that. He knows wide open that I am I am open to a conversation no matter how long it takes. 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> it was a it was a needed conversation. Yeah, that got re-brought up the next day multiple times. It was hilarious. But um, so, no, we're really open to having conversations and open to learning and open to sharing opinions. And we're not the type of people that our opinion is the law, the truth, the way. Um, But people do come to our channel to ask our opinions, ask our advice. And so we share that. And then some people come to the channel just to tell us why we're wrong, I think. And this person specifically said basically completely disagreed with us. And I want to refute that. So from Mark Walter, I think any dog can be a champion. Like we were leading into in our previous Yawa that we talked about this, it takes time and money. Why? I'm going to relate my cycling coaching experience again. I had athletes with genetic ability. Testing proved that. I also had athletes without the genetics, but were hard workers. I bet if you motivate a less gifted dog, he can be a champion. Just stay away from show dogs, just like show off people. So first of all, like I said, this is refuting or a rebuttal. So, yeah, to first one of, of all, our I've yellows. got a lot of problems with that. It, it just, we're getting there. And okay. our topic of conversation was talking about, you know, do dogs have ceilings of what they are physically, mentally, talentedly capable of doing? So the answer you, to that is yes. Can you take any dog and create a master hunter or a versatile champion or take them to the highest level of expectation? The answer to that is no. Every dog has a ceiling and different dogs are bred for different tasks. Now, is there an exception to this rule? Sure. There's an exception to every rule, but we're talking about in the mass majority of situations, you have a dog. And that dog has the ability to reach a certain level. Now, if that dog is in Joe Average's hands, that ceiling may be here. And then you take that same dog and you put it in a professional's hands, like a professional cycling coach, as you state, as cycling, right? As you state you are, Mark, which is fantastic. So you're going to be able to get me, let's say average Ethan, I am not uh, an athlete to the extent of being a cycling pro. And you could probably get me farther than I could get my own self because I have no experience in the situation. But at the same time, I am not going to make an Olympic team or be a champion, no matter how much time, effort, energy I put into it. It's just not in the cars. I'm not set up to do it. So uh, and it may be part of the fact that I, I have a knee that's bum. Okay, even that in in its own essence, there is a ceiling now, and my ceiling may be partially capped by the fact that I'm had previous injuries in playing sports. But before we continue on with that, I want to comment in there because he said here that um, show off people like show stay away from show dogs just like show off people, and that is the furthest thing from the truth. Okay, so. Show dogs get mocked in our environment on a regular basis because, oh, they just prance around the ring. I want to tell you right now, I have a lot of respect for that as a discipline, as a training um, event, if you will, just the same as I have just, I have just as much um, 
Respect. Respect is a fantastic word. I have just as much respect for the people that run field trials, even though that's not my style of dog. Show dog, not my game, not my style of dog, but it takes something to get there. And if you think that it's a joke, take your dog, enter an event, and watch those, and I say this lightly, okay? Watch those ladies wipe the floor with you. And sure, there's some men that show dogs as well. There are some good men, but... You know, a lot of there's there's a lot of things that go involved with it, which is matching dogs to handlers. And then some of that was explained to me of having a big dog and a little handler makes them not look right. And a big handler and a little dog. So men in general fall into the bigger handler, smaller dog category. But all of it can be done if you have the right proportions, the right situation. And even the best of the best handlers can probably make any of it work. So and I want to just throw in this as well. Some of these dogs that are show champions are also field trial champions. That so then they falls are falls into the category of dual, dual champions. champions. So they not only excel in the field and hunting in their game, but they're also excelling in the show ring and their confirmation side of things. So they are a very nice dog. And then some of those dogs go on to become also master hunters and versatile champions. So you've got a dog that can do it all. Yes. Was Benny all those things? Mm-mm. Sam? Sam was. Which is Benny. Walnut Hill. Benny's daddy. No, no, no. They're half brothers. Half brothers. Walnut okay. Hill Kennel is uh, Rick and Rick Hopkins, Brenda Rowe, and they have done a lot of really big things for the short hair world, but they're just one example of that. There's others that do. And it all comes down to the fact that don't don't be knocking show dogs just because you don't know anything about it. Now Coming back around to the ceiling aspect of things, there is a ceiling. And even if you say, okay, we put enough time and money and all the things into, sure, we can take them a long way. And there is a chance that we could get really dang far. But when it all comes back around to it, the whole point of those games is to Uh, prove what a dog is and to learn what a dog is so that you can help better a breeding program and better a breed. That is our goal with this situation. And if we have to take dog A, let's say, whatever, Sparky, and Sparky knows nothing, Sparky doesn't want to learn anything, and just because I'm an above average dog trainer, I can take Sparky in 15 months or two years of hard work and effort and money and energy and all of these things over the course of two years, we can take Sparky in and get him to maybe get a master pass or maybe get a field trial placement or maybe if he's real, real lucky, get a title at that highest level of achievement. And then we go, what do we have now? We have a dog that took every ounce of our being to get them to this highest level of achievement. Now, at the same time, we take dog B and we're going to use a real dog for the sake of this conversation, uh, Muddy, okay? Muddy is a little dog that belongs to us. She's part of a program. A lot of you know and love her and got to hunt with her. She's a fantastic dog and she did all of these things with bare minimum work, bare minimum. So she falls into the category of uh, we should take this dog and help it to produce more dogs like it that are in the above average category that can do these things with minimal effort. And not to say that I'm taking the short road, but I am breeding a better dog or attempting to breed a better dog. And you can't breed better dogs from crappier dogs. You can't take, you know, it's not two negatives make a positive unless there is a fluke situation. 
There is an exception to the rule, but I'm not a big fan of, that's why I don't play lottery tickets. I mean, I want the automatic. I want the go-to. I want the answer that I know is. I want the sure thing if it's a possibility. And not everything is a sure thing. I mean, you can have two dogs that are master hunters, versatile champions, whatever you will, that produce a litter and not every single puppy out of that litter. The odds are ever in my favor, though. They're much better. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying so genetics can play a part in it. But just because the genetics are there also doesn't mean that every single one of those dogs can no. Make it to the no, maximum level not. as well. No. So there's Which a Which is why our program itself has uh, probably three to one, four to one washouts. I keep a dog, we raise it, and for one reason or another, it doesn't fit the breeding program because not all dogs should be bred. Not all dogs are created equal. And, you know, all I wouldn't say I can think of a time when a dog we produce hasn't turned into a quality dog, but- not every single dog goes to that max level of achievement. So, yeah. So the saying of, I bet if you can motivate a less gifted dog, he can become a champion. That is what we don't necessarily agree with. No, every, every single dog has a ceiling and that ceiling could be adjusted a little bit based on who is training and handling. And if they got a a fair shake at a young age and got the right things and the right pieces to fall into place, but they still have limitations, period. Yes, because not everybody's a gold medalist either that goes to the Olympics. Correct. Not everyone is the winner. No. So I know it was a moment of... Mm. All right, I'm over it. Unpopular opinions and Ethan's brutally honest comments. Yes, 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 yes. But uh, we appreciate everybody for watching this week. That is all the time that we have for this week. Yes, Thank you. And uh, again, if you guys have questions that didn't get answered today, hit us up at patreon.com slash standingstonekennels. And we are more than happy to answer your questions on the daily there. Or if you're willing to wait and take the gamble of which we'll grab your question out of the comments, throw it in the comments below and we will try to get to you next week. Thanks for watching. I'm Kat the Dog Trainer. And I'm the guy with the pink gun. And we'll see you in the next video.